This is Trans Chat, a podcast where trans folk chat about ourselves, things important to us, and our communities. I remember now. Um, have you ever heard of Iron Sky? Is that the one with Angelina Jolie and uh, uh, Jude Law? Eh, maybe. And there's like Actually. giant robots or dirigibles or I think I've started it, but I haven't finished it. Uh, no, 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 no. It's um, so it's the very first crowdfunded movie in existence. Okay. So what happened was they put out a call. They said, "This is what we're going to do. Uh, we want people to 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 you know fundraise for this movie." It was not um, funded by any major studios or anything. All of the graphic designing, um, plot, story, acting, everything was all done by amateurs. Okay. Yeah. This is not what I was. I don't think is what I was thinking. Special effects. Everything was all done by amateurs and it's amazing. And you know, (laughs) they, they actually came out with a second one and I'm hoping they come out with a third one. So when you, it has a bad Rotten Tomatoes score, it has a bad IMDb score, uh, but those just mean it's a niche movie that's fun for. The budget was under eight million pounds. Okay. So that's not much, and that is that is exactly what they raised. You know what I mean? That's. Um, I like the those kind of movies that are a little goofy. I I found it funny and and like the graphics were good. I mean it was it was really good for when you think about it like a production like this one just being pretty awesome, you know, having actors and actresses from all over the world and just just awesome. So I would recommend checking it out. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look into it. Yeah. It's awesome. Um you know, yeah, like uh, one of the things that I definitely enjoy is, is you know, I'll, I'll say, Jen, hey, I'm, I'm in the mood for this genre movie. Let's find something. And often B-movies are great, right? Um, or, you know, the acting might not be the best. The, the special effects might not be the best. The story might not be the best. But there's that, that, that diamond in the rough that you can kind of see and then later on pick apart and kind of reimagine the story how it might have been if, if it had more funds, if it had more time. Um, and, you know, there, there, there's a lot of fun stuff out there. I agree. And this, this you, to me, go ahead. Have you seen, I think it's it came from the desert. I think that was also a crowdfunded movie. It's based really? on an arcade game, I think, huh. with like ant-spider hybrids. And it's... Uh, you know, kind of very much in that genre of uh, either alien something, um, some form of toxic or nuclear waste or experiments. Small things become big. The eating and screaming ensues. Um, and those can be fun. Like, I, I I haven't watched it in a while, but I, I enjoy Eight-Legged Freaks. <laughs> and and uh, that kind of gotta suspend your disbelief a lot but when you do it's fun yeah there's a lot 
of movies out there now. So, I mean, there's so much to fill your, you know, your desire with versus, you know, when we were growing up, you know, there's so much out there. I mean, Amazon, if you have Prime, is essentially free, which I hate even giving them any money. But, I mean, I, I've got free movies to watch, so. Um, yeah. No, there's there's a uh, there's a point where um, you can vote with your money or, or, or your approval or disapproval with your money. Uh, but when you have just a little... Or, or you have only so much, um, you know, you got to make choices about my, am I going to have access to entertainment or, you know, if I shop at this place, I like their politics more, but I won't have enough groceries to feed for the family sort of thing. That's true. I try to, I try to shop where, you know, where they support our community, but sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, one of the things I like that we're doing here is is, is providing highlighting of, of trans businesses or trans related in, in some way. Um, and that's something that like I consume a lot of books. Um, I went two months without reading this year. Actually, I think I went four months without reading. Um, there's just two different breaks. Uh, and I've read 60 books. Uh, my goal this year was 365. I don't think I'm going to match it because I've just been in so much pain. I can't concentrate. Um, but, uh, like I consume a lot of books and one of the things that this year and last year I've been trying to do is support queer authors or, um, you know, authors of, of, of different nations or of marginalized communities. Um, I found some really intriguing, like, uh, I guess it would be fantasy and not science fiction um, that was written in Morocco, I believe. And it was just really fascinating to get their take on um, uh, kind of like the X-Men type of mutations where, where some of them were beneficial, some of them not so much. Uh, there's a small group of them. And it was a fun story. Um, there, there's been a couple of trans authors that I've, I've I've enjoyed um, uh, listeners should definitely check out dreadnought. That was a fun one. Uh, um, yeah. So I think we can agree that pretty much anything space or sci-fi related, we could probably both watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, what are your thoughts on like uh, urban fantasy or, or fantasy set in um, modern or contemporary times? So like, uh, X-Files would count, but then so would, like, Buffy or Angel. Um, I don't know if you ever saw Grimm. That's a fun TV show. I would recommend yeah. it. I guess Stargate is also one of those because it's on based on Earth in our modern time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I loved X-Files. Um, you know... <laughs> I find myself not watching as much TV or, uh, t you know, movies as I used to, but it's still something I really enjoy. Yeah, well, I mean, you're 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 a pretty busy woman with with everything that you've you've described. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, with yeah, with working myself. with working with uh, you know the page with the nonprofit, finding time to do podcast recording. Yeah, I'll always find time for that. 
I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, before the reins have to be handed over to anyone else, we'll have a big established group of folks that love love being here and doing that. That's all we can do. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. So like uh, today we hit more, more downloads than um, like our first month and a half. Uh, it was only like 12, but you know, that's kind of exciting because to be frank, trans topics aren't necessarily the most uh, glittery or exciting or uh, uh, of interest to a large percentage of the population, unfortunately. Right. So I think that's kind of cool. Like, I don't have 60 family members or 70 family members or 80 family members that are listening to this. So I know it's other people. <laughs> it is. And, you know, we could definitely use your feedback if you have something we want to talk about, uh, you want to you want to learn about, please feel free to get in touch with us. Yeah, that's why we have the uh, the email address. Um, I don't know if the show notes transfer um, through all of our different platforms. Um, so folks that have suggestions, um, send an email to transchat.genderfreedomsociety at gmail.com. So do you have do you have a favorite uh, Deep Space Nine? Mm. Uh, anything with the Defiant in, in it. <laughs> I love that ship. So um, it's um, I like the uh, the later episodes in like season five, six, seven um, when. Uh, Avery Brooks is bald and has facial hair and we have the defiant because uh, those are some of my favorite episodes. Yeah. So what did you think about the, uh, the Jadzia to Ezri change? Uh, I don't, (laughs) I mean, I don't really like um, Ezri. I mean, she's, I mean, the actress is great, but I just don't like her character. (laughs) That's fair. Um, but um it is it's neat to see how you know the personality of Jadzia is still there a little bit and then but also this new personality and additionally um obviously Jadzia has like eight other you know hosts that uh, or I should say Dax has had uh, wow, like during its life, it life, it's, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think the symbiotes have a gender, but, um, you know, actually there's an episode of DS9 where they all separate, like, and then they are able to like front essentially one at a time. And it kind of reminds me of, um, what what is it called like a system yeah it's like a system but i couldn't think of the 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 term yeah but yeah so it kind of reminds me of that because it's like you know the like one of the people is fronting and then the next person would front or whatever just so it's it's interesting and they're like co-conning 
Right. So that it's it's a reality that some people face, you know, here in our own existence. Yeah. So it's kind of maybe that's representation for that. And so that's kind of neat, even though it is science fiction. No, I mean, I, I think science fiction invites us to explore a lot of ideas through through different analogs, different metaphors, different analogies. Um, especially like if you're looking at early, well, I say early, but uh, pre-1950s science fiction, this is where you see a lot of identity stuff and a lot of orientation stuff and a lot of, you know, exploring things um, with slightly tweaked framing. Uh, one of the things I liked about DS9 was were, were the episodes uh, where um, it's, it's Avery Brooks, right? Yep. Okay. Um, Tex Avery was coming to me, and I'm like, no, it's not Tex Avery. Tex Avery was a cartoonist uh, <laughs> who who worked on uh, Warner Brothers shows, if I remember correctly. Anyway, Toonheads, amazing fun show that was a short-lived Cartoon Network uh, investigation to the history of different cartoons, different characters, um, and different specific artists or, or writers sort of thing. Um, anyway, uh, where, where every books is, uh, the science fiction author in, um, like 1950s, uh, U.S. where, where, uh, like Michael Dorn plays, um, I think a boxer and, uh, we get to see Quark without the makeup. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that one. I, 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 yeah. Cause I think, I think there's, there's two or or three later on when there's like a profit thing going on where he's dealing with competing realities going back and forth and i found i found those episodes really interesting one of my favorite earlier episodes and probably the most famous episode of deep space nine is called past tense and that's when um captain cisco um travels back in time to the 21st century um and they have the bell riots yes so that's like that's actually part of um star trek history is when they had the the camps that existed after i believe it was after world war three or before world war three i think it was after but around then right? yeah is, is... around that time they had like a sanctuary district or whatever it was that essentially people lived in and there was a lot of violence essentially like law enforcement violence if you look at it like that um the people that were in charge and keeping them you know main like contained in that area pretty much like jail yeah well and and, and they treated them as subhuman i mean we see we see this in the u.s and in many other areas um you know whether it's 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 through poverty and and the creation of, of tent cities or um, you know realities that are very different for one town um, like at the, the 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 border in Texas when I lived in Texas you know we were aware that there there were there were towns that didn't have running water or electricity and, and were incredibly poor and and didn't have access to to sometimes safe or or, or uh, pot, potable potable water. 
this is the problem when i when i read most of my words i don't know how i'm supposed to say them. i believe it is potable um yeah i mean and and i i like i like that episode as well i um or, or that story arc um cause it, was, was it just a single episode or was it yeah see they pack kinda, a lot into an episode of of star trek it kind of reminds me of black lives matter movement a little bit you know yeah just kind of the way that they they rioted and they you know stood up for what they believed in right there like they were fighting like, hard hey, we're, we're humans too yep yeah when they even they even kind of i mean i think they missed the mark a little bit but they kind of tried to address the whole white savior complex as well with with the one person who thinks uh he's gonna solve the problem um that one businessman unfortunately he had to get involved within the story i think um as part of the after effect of of those riots right you know uh bell should have been remembered for that well i mean he he was uh via cisco acting as proxy right yeah (laughs) because bell died (laughs) in in one of those early or you know opening scenes with cisco sort of thing yeah so like it's like well this is gonna mess up the prime direction or prime directive yeah well another thing that i'm looking forward to like i liked the teasing in enterprise of um you know a a fourth dimensional traveling through time federation where, where there's a point where they start protecting the timeline and time travel is a thing. And I know a lot of people were like, whoa, this is too much. But it seems like a natural progression if, if we're taking this kind of humanist narrative and seeing how far we can go with with uh, with sentient species, you know, kind of directing that excellence. Uh, and if if it's possible to time travel, like, I mean, that, that would make sense as, as a progression of... In archaeology, I think they use MYA for, for millions of years ago. So like a MYF millions of years into the future. Yeah, we have like I guess there's a lot of examples of, of time travel in Star Trek. Yeah, I mean pretty much from. I mean in TOS, there's there's several yeah. time travel stories. Yeah, I mean the movie The Voyage Home, Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home. They go back to 1986, San Francisco, looking for whales. See, I don't think I've actually seen that one, or at least not right. all the way through. Cause like I know the story that's going on there, and I've seen the clip. Like that's the one where Spock knocks out somebody on a bus, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great scene, actually. Uh, so like I know about it, but I don't know if I've seen it. Um, that's actually the case for a lot of the movies. The only one I saw in theaters that was Star Trek was Nemesis, and. That kind of set the tone. I don't think I've seen another Trek movie in um, theaters since. I saw every movie from Generations On. Oh, yeah? That's awesome. The yep. Because that was around the time I really started, you know, um, watching Trek. Yeah. I think, I believe, I believe I discovered it when I was homesick. And if I'm not mistaken, the first... The first scene I watched was Star Trek Three, The Search for Spock. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna 
<laughs> I'm not going to say a spoiler for a 30-year-old movie, but still. Um, it's yeah, basically... No, I... Go ahead. When, uh, I was going to say, it's basically when they're looking, they're, you know, they're at a planet and they're looking for, I mean, it was right there at one of the most, I guess, busiest scenes of the movie. Um, and it just hooked me. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. I, I had to wait till the end of the movie to find out what it was. Oh, yeah? And then I, when I found out it was the third one, I'm like, Wow. So there's more of these? Well, it turns out there was uh, the original series and the animated series and the next generation and uh, they haven't came out with DS9 yet at the time. I think they were about to because that was 93. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. you got, you got, you got a couple of more years on me. Yeah, <laughs> but just, I know. Just, just, just a few. <laughs> I, I watched, I watched, listen, I watched like season four, five, six, and seven of Next Generation on the air every Monday, whenever it was on at six o'clock on Monday. Yeah. So just That's saying, cool. like, I, I already know what's up. Like, <laughs> oh, the next, uh, the new episode of The Next Generation's on today. I can't. And then after this is The Simpsons, just saying. So, like, it's, you know, The Simpsons are on at seven. So I got to watch that too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I watched it and I watched the premiere episode. The first um, series I watched from the start to the finish on the air was Voyager. Yeah. That's cool. I, I remember rushing home. The caller ID just arrived in the mail. That's how, that was 1995. Okay. So you kids, okay, <laughs> you kids, whenever somebody called, we didn't know who it was until we had this box, which, by the way, was hooked up additional to the phone, okay? So, you know, your phone didn't have a caller ID built into it like it does now. Um, so <laughs> we're talking, now I'm dating myself again. <laughs> Yes, I'm old, okay? <laughs> how old I refuse to say. It's not like it's public information on Facebook or anything. But... <laughs> but yes, I I rushed home. I checked out the caller ID just in time to read the the opening credits for the first episode of Voyager. It's awesome. Yeah, I remember that. At, uh, and then, and then, in 2017, I had an opportunity to meet and take a picture with Kate Mulgrew. No way! Way that is awesome. I am, yeah, I am, high key jealous. She's super great. Um, I don't know where it is, but I'll have to send the picture to you. Sometime. Yeah, that'd be cool. She's super nice, nice person. You could actually look up the the uh, Denver Comic Con from 2017 uh where she speaks to everybody and it was just it was awesome yeah i'll She's, have to look that up yeah you'll you would love it you'll love it i saw um what was, uh, there was a documentary i think it was called the captains um where uh shatner 
Mulgrew, Avery, why can't I think of uh, Patrick Stewart? Patrick Stewart, and that's sad because like I adore Patrick Stewart. Um, Picard, baby. No, I know, I know. I couldn't think of the word Patrick Stewart. Uh, (laughs) She's like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Ah. One of one of the the most attractive men without hair that I I have ever. That's. And and, and just I like agree. the 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 command of the room when he enters it, and and you know the ally, uh, to LGBT communities. Oh yeah. Like, when 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 Patrick Stewart passes away, it'll be a day of mourning in our house. Uh, it may yeah. be more than one day, uh, if I'm being completely honest. I don't think he's dying because just not <laughs> the universe can't let it happen it, yeah no, it, it's like yeah. just like ian mckellen universe can't take him this year or next yeah, no i i refuse i refuse so uh i i i got to to hear uh uh Mulgrew talk a little bit about her experiences and and i i thought that was really cool getting to see the actors kind of off screen i mean they're still acting um, to a point, but you know, getting to hear them talk in a way that's not necessarily scripted or fully scripted was fun. Yeah, definitely. You know, she's actually doing a Nickelodeon um, animated Star Trek. Oh yeah, that that's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's hey, bringing Jen. back Janeway. Yeah, she. So uh, Kate Mulgrew is doing a um, animated. No, is that? Is that going to pick up with the Voyager cast, or is it going to have people it's, kind of from all over? I don't know. I think um, I just all I know is that Janeway is a character. That's all I know, really. Okay, that that's awesome. I mean, that's enough to watch the show anyway. Do you ever see the Thirty Sevens? I don't know. It was a Voyager episode. Oh, then yes, I I've seen them all the way through. Um, the 37s was when Amelia Earhart was, you know, found. Okay, that's, yeah. Um, along with a bunch of other um, famous uh, and, and, and just explorer type throughout. Uh, isn't it like a century they represent um, people taken from from a quite quite a long span of time? Yeah, it's it was just neat. Yeah. It was a neat show, a neat, uh, neat episode. Um, so whenever I hear Amelia Earhart, I think of, uh, it's called, um, the thrilling adventure hour. It was a, I I don't, I think they still make new content every once in a while, but, uh, it was a group of people who did, uh, uh, basically like, um, old timey radio is how they framed it. Uh, and so they had, they had, they had their scripts and there's a bunch of people, um, that are especially popular in like like podcasting spaces like Mark Evans Jackson. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Tompkins is the last. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins, Paget Brewster. If these names aren't aren't ringing a bell, that, that that's fair. Uh, they do a lot of audio stuff, and they have they have a series. It's it's adventure style with Amelia Earhart, and she's a spy, and uh, they're they're pretty fun. The Thrilling Adventure Hour was one of those podcasts that uh, it may be fair to say helped save my life because I was just in so much pain and so depressed 
Um, that was when the nerve damage took took up pretty much my whole leg. I couldn't walk anymore. Um, and and I listened to to that series over and over again. And like again, I don't think these folks will ever hear me talk about this, but uh, it was quite helpful. Um, there's another podcast called uh, Welcome to Night Vale that uh, was pretty much those two that I would listen to on repeat uh, while trying to get through the pain. So, like, I, I don't know if our podcast will be quite that that helpful for others because um, we're not necessarily doing a narrative that's distracting, but it is very helpful to find out, hey, there are people like me, and you know, they're normal people. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, our podcast is very distracting. <laughs> that's good. That's good. But you know what? It's I'm glad that it, it exists because I think it's necessary. Yeah. I don't think that there's anything quite like this. Maybe there is, but I I dig it. I've I found a I found a couple. I haven't listened to them yet. Um, that are trans folk talking about their experiences and stuff. Um, there's a, there's a small handful, and you know the more more representation is out there uh i think the better off everybody is i just think like you know the format of this um podcast including you know our um hobbies and interests is something that maybe also isn't is a unique perspective yeah yeah i say that we'll have listeners send us suggestions and i'll love that because then i have something else to listen to <laughs> yeah well you know there's no way to possibly find all of the podcasts like that would be remotely like what we do but i mean if there is that's awesome yeah well and, and for for a lot of a lot of indie production type stuff it's it's word of mouth and that's how you get connected um on that note trans artist not sure how you're supposed to say the first name. Uh, I believe it's Nomaly. Brennett. Um, I, I, I love her music. And hopefully somebody who listens to this will, will, will check out. Um, I definitely recommend uh, We Belong. Um, there's a, a very fun um, video, music video on YouTube. Uh, and it's 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 about the marginalized folk and and how we belong and it's it's a very uplifting happy cheerful song um hearing that i started buying some of the albums now i think i have like five or six of of her albums that's awesome though yeah and you know i sorry go ahead i was just gonna say if anybody listening has suggestions on people for us to include or highlight yeah Please let us know as well. Yeah. Um, I heard about Anomaly through uh, the TNGN. Somebody, uh, actually it was the, the music video for We Belong. They, they uh, submitted a post for it. And I was like, this is such a great song. I love it. Uh, that's how I also uh, found out about Rabel, uh, who, whose music um, you know, in, in includes uh, some the queer village. experiences. And yeah, The Village. I mean, oh my gosh. Um, that's another music video that I, I would recommend, but that one is not a very happy, cheerful one. Uh, there's hope, 
there's hope in it, but um, it could be rough to hear. Yeah, but it does call out. Oh yeah, people. and it. I mean, so have, have you seen the music video as well? Yes. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Tomlinson is the last name. And Andrew. He's a trans actor, and I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, I don't. I don't know. The person in the music video is a trans actor. I didn't know that. That is that yeah. is even more awesome. Yeah, I have him on my Facebook. I can't remember his name. Okay, August Aiden. Why am I saying Tomlinson? Is that his, his last name? August Aiden is his middle name, maybe. I get my wires crossed all the time, so. <laughs> no, it's him, August Aiden Tomlinson. Okay. Yep, that's the one. He's he's a trans actor. He plays the the, the focus boy. of the yeah exactly he's the main character i guess in the music video um which makes it even better yeah like i didn't know that 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 makes it that much more amazing yeah rabel is pretty great guy like that is just i, mean, I, I think because i follow him on facebook i think that just recently uh, an album was dropped or or maybe it was an extended an ep Is that is that your dog? Yeah. Hold on. Hey. Stop. I mean, having having a dog on on the podcast could only help us, right? I guess. <laughs> I'm like, stop fighting. I'm talking. <laughs> oh, I say that so often in my house, and I don't have pets. It's like twelve thirty, and they're playing right now. So yeah. Oh, do you still have the puppies? No, these are the adult dogs. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the adult the puppies are here. It's just these. Uh... Oh, I don't know. If I, yeah, all I can all I can see is the. Uh... <sighs> yeah. Um. Where was I? Where, where were we? Uh, we were talking about how awesome Rabel is. Yes. He was, um, actually, there's a video of him holding a trans flag in yeah. one of his, at one of his concerts. And then he said, like, I'm not exactly sure what he said, but it was basically that trans lives matter, trans something, you know, some sort of um, trans positive piece of information. I don't remember. You could probably look it up on Google. Or yeah. I mean on YouTube. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I, um, obviously, he wrote a song about a trans man's experience. So, obviously, to me, he, he does seem to care yeah. quite a bit about our community, which is nice. Well, and uh, uh, there's a song he does in collaboration with... Um, Oh, I, I I hate not being able to remember. Um, I can look it up. Uh, since since I was young was the name of the the song. The song. I can pull it up too if you want. Yeah, yeah, you probably get there faster than me. I'm Kesha? trying to use my phone. Kesha, yes. 
but since I've been young, uh, the, the, the lyrics, like, I did not plan to live past my 20s. In fact, I had a date picked out, or, or <clears throat> not a specific date, but a specific age. And there's aspects of that song and just kind of this joy of, of living past a point where, where you can be your whole self. You know, I, I agree. Cause I, when I think back of like in my past, I, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really have a plan for my future because I didn't, I didn't know how long I would exist. Yeah. That's and a very, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's just not. I guess it's part of our community. It's a lot of people experience that. Yeah, at, at least that's what I've heard from from many other folks. Um, didn't plan to stick around for long, and there's a lot of shared experiences related to that. Absolutely. Absolutely, but it gets better. I hate to be cliche, but it does get better. It does, and. You know, I've got a kiddo who's having a completely different experience than I did. And oh, yeah. it's, it's not it's not for lack of my parents trying or anything. No, but when you're no. when you're playing a card game and you don't know the rules and you don't know all the cards, you got to figure it out. And yeah. uh, you know, now I'm playing with a little bit better understanding of the cards and the rules. Yeah, we um, you know, our parents didn't have the resources that we do as parents now. Uh, to provide that space for you that you needed. So we're, we're going to see this next generation grow up. And be even more awesomer. Right. And, and not be ashamed of who they are. Um, I was actually just looking at a graphic today. Oh, yeah. Um, that talks about how um, how many of each generation identify as lgbt and it's basically like three percent for like you know not boomers but whatever's before the boomer and then it's like six percent for a boomer and eight percent for generation x and ten percent for millennial and then fifteen percent for generation z like it's just it goes up and, and, and you know that that that's getting closer and closer to what we observe in, in populations like with, with population statistics statistics right um and public health being uh one of my passions and and one of my you know degree areas uh when when, when you do a sampling of a population you can get an idea to extrapolate from and uh i think 13 to 15 percent is is about where we see um uh, orientations um, beyond uh, heterosexuality. Um, so, like we see between um, uh, gay, lesbian, and then M spec uh, or, or or bi, pan, poly, um, sort of thing uh, for fifteen percent, and then we see like one point seven as the higher end for uh, gender diversity, um, whether that's trans or, uh, you know, one, one of these other metagender type things. And then um, partially included in that, but also separate, 
we, we've got a population percentage um, for intersex folks, which ranges between 0.3% and like 1.2%, something like that. Um, th these are back of the envelope trying to remember uh, numbers. Um, I can look up, you know, more accurate. And so we, yeah. we, we would expect to see folks, you know, this continuing to, to move. And if, if, if we, we take into account underreporting, the more folks are comfortable, the more they have a language to describe themselves, uh, the less they fear their neighbor's going to kill them for being queer. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if we see 20 or 30 or e even greater percentages. Um, you know, that's a good point. You know, I've got a friend that just came to me and said, I think I'm demisexual. Like, you know, that is LGBT. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, the orientation and it's like, why does this matter? Well, it matters because sometimes you feel like you're a freak if you don't have other people that feel the same way you do. Yeah. And I think a lot of us can relate to that feeling. Um, and if you don't have the sex drive that fits the like cishet normativity, then you think there's something wrong with you. And there's not like ace people exist. Um, yeah. Arrow people exist. Um, and uh, knowing that there's other people like you, like that's, that's big. That's huge. I'm yawning. Do you want to start wrapping it up? Probably a good idea. Okay. So uh, if you had to say a final thought about Star Trek um, or a final thought for tonight, because we're going to chat Star Trek more than once. Like, this, oh, yeah. this is inevitable. Um, final thought for tonight about Star Trek. Final thought about Star Trek. Um, you know, if you're looking for a place to escape this reality every once in a while, um, Star Trek is, is that thing. It has been for me. Uh, it's... Uh, there's so much, um, you know, learning experiences that happen, um, uh, diversity from one spectrum to the other, uh, like we talked about tonight. And it's really just, I recommend highly uh, checking it out if you have never watched it. So I, um, I think we can all learn a life lesson from Star Trek. I know I have learned a lot of them. Yeah. It no, definitely, no. yeah, I was gonna say it, it definitely, my life would not be the same. It definitely would not. I was gonna say it's helped me get through some pretty dark times uh, when I can just turn on Star Trek and forget about everything. That's amazing. And like, I think that's that's the the one of the defining factors of like good art, right? Is is if it if it benefits us, if if it provides a, a release or an escape or a learning opportunity. Uh, so I, I I think it'd be fair to say that I would die on the hill that Star Trek is is high art. Like <laughs> uh, that's a hill I will die on. Same.